Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Gilbert Clark, director at Meridian Mining earlier today. We've seen some high-grade numbers coming out in press releases recently and wanted to see what is happening there. He talks us through those. They're looking to expand the envelope with some twin drilling and some pretty exciting plans for the rest of this year with the money they've got from the 2.4 million in warrants that they've seen come through recently. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the company, the conversation, uh, and indeed Gilbert himself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. Gilbert, how are you, sir? No, I'm very well. Thanks again for having me. Well, I, f- I felt compelled. I felt compelled. Having seen some of these press releases and some of these high grades, um, you're, th- th- my timing is perfect. <laughs> um, how are you, first of all? All good? Yeah, I'm very well. Um, uh, I get my second vaccine shot next Monday and I'm scheduled to go down to Brazil probably, uh, I think, second week in August I'll be down in Brazil. So. Good news. You know you're not allowed to call it the Brazil variant now, don't you? No, no, well, whatever. Yeah. My agent, our CEO, he's been on the site now for about uh, 10 days or so, so he's in the field. Um, yeah, no, just onwards and upwards. This oh, onwards and upwards. Okay. I was referring to in, in Britain here, I know you're on the continent now, having left us, uh, voted <laughs> with your feet, that we, we've been assigned these, sort of, these, um, these Greek letters for all the variants. So we don't want to offend anyone, but yeah. We've gone very, very liberal over here. Um, (laughs) You made the right decision to move to the south coast of France. Um, We should talk, I want to talk about these these, uh, press releases, but give us that one minute overview for people new to the story walking into what it is that you're doing with copper and gold. Uh, With the project, well, we're just delivering the, really, the, the story hasn't changed since we acquired the project uh, back in, in we we'll signed for it in November. What we're doing is we're delivering um, what we said we we're going to do, uh, confirmation drilling, expanding drilling, uh, and confirming that this this sense, this main focus of Cabasal Mine is basically intact, unmined, and at incredibly shallow depths. And, you know, it's, it's confirming to us the ideal geometry for a future open pit operation. Okay, but you're, you're, chasing, you're chasing copper gold VMS. That, that's, that's, that, that's the idea. When you, set, when you set, just again, remind us, what was it that you thought you had when you picked up this uh, asset? Oh, uh, no. When, when we picked this asset up, um, it was really confirmed to me what it was. It was an entire VMS camp, uh, essentially de-risked by an oil major in the hands of a small cap junior. And we were going to go through a period of uh, resource development, exploration success, that was actually already predetermined. We knew what we were going to get. So then from my perspective of, of managing our shareholders' equities and deploying their capital, you know, my risk just went down. So I went into this thinking, okay, I have a low risk mid-tier size asset in a small cap junior, and we're going to deliver strong equity growth associated with a small cap junior discovery, but underpinned by 
a risk profile that you usually associate with the production asset. Yeah, but it, it, came, look, it, came, it came with a bit of baggage. You had to unpick a few things. You had to re- restructure the, the company, restructure the mm. registry, all of those things too, which I thought was, was interesting. And people wanting to understand that, well, I'll put a link below to those interviews because I think that's important yeah. to, you know, to understand. But what I want to talk about today is the process that you've, you're going through now to do the unpicking, because these yeah. high-grade numbers don't just suddenly appear uh, if you, by you know, some random exercise. So what have you been doing since we spoke six, seven weeks ago? Okay. Uh, well, since we last spoke, we've, we've done a couple of things. Um, we've been reviewing the, the results of the GPX, okay, to, and that's identified a very unique geophysical signature that's associated with the copper gold mineralization. And then when we've gone and been, you know, drilling outside or inside of the, the, um, the known drill pattern that was done by BP in the 1980s, it keeps confirming the geophysical, geophysical signature with the, with the mineralization. So we go through that process of saying a mineralization is correct, uh, geophysics is correct. Now, how do we take that information and expand it, create wealth out of it? And that's been a big success. So we went into this thinking, okay, we have a, a central focus of about 1.8 kilometers in, in strike length. And through the information of drilling, geophysics, soil sampling, actually recovering soil data from the archives of Rio Tinto, all of a sudden it's gone from 1.8 kilometres to 3.7 kilometres in strike length. And this is just one of the one of the um, focuses of, the, of within the, the camp scale asset. So then we went into that thing, okay, we're going to prove up this central asset and all of a sudden it's gone maybe twice as big and it's extending outside of where we first thought it was. So that's, we're just exceeding our expectations. And at the same time, the information, we then took that information and we reviewed the historical airborne geophysics. And all of a sudden, you know, 20 kilometres to the south, we picked up a direct analogy to the Kappa cell geophysical response uh, called the Alamo, which is four kilometres long. And yet we thought, oh, great, look, we've done something. And it, it, it was a BP anomaly that was uh, directly down sort of down long strike from an open copper gold soil anomaly. So the project just keeps delivering what you'd expect to find in a, in a camp scale BMS assets. They're just multiple pods of, of hydrothermal alteration containing metals that are like say in Canada or Australia um, or elsewhere, where they're now mining these things down at um, 3000 meters, so the Lorna gold mine. We're finding all this at surface. Yeah, I mean, really shy. Really shy. Really shy. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got gosms. But, but, that, um, but, but, that, that, but that's why that's why I was kind of intrigued by this. You, you, we're, we're talking 20, 50 meters, you know, from surface, which is nothing. Is that right, first of all? Yeah. Yeah, no, right, okay. So, so I want to ask you about the way that you're going about this, because we've seen a bunch of companies do uh, headline grabbing work, and we've seen mm. companies that are going about it the right way and just trying to understand the scale of the opportunity. Um, did you go for the quick, easy wins just to kind of get noticed? Because obviously it, it's worked. You're up 45% from when we spoke for six weeks ago. Um, no, we, 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 you know, we've talked about a few things. We're coming to this commodity cycle and everything's going to go up. And what we're doing is we're just going through a, a very structured process of building up a resource base. We're converting our historical knowledge by modern knowledge. So our independent person say, yep, I agree, the 400 holes and the 
hundred and something underground holes that are now compliant because we've got the data. But what we're doing is we're now saying, okay, um, this isn't going to be five million tonnes, not going to be 10, 15, 20. We're targeting 35 to 40 million, five million tonnes open pit. That's what we hope to touch wood. And we're just drilling. And what's most interesting actually for us is the, the most shallowest zone that we're dealing with, which is um, called the Eastern Copper Zone. That was never a focus for the uh, BP or Rio because it didn't have the plus three gram gold. So this entire flat line, you know, it'll be exploited from surface for gold for gravity, of course, and then going to crystalline rock after 20 meters, so that's flotation. That's just completely undefined. We know that we have sort of subcrops, we've got an estimation where it's going to, what the tonnage is going to be, but it, you know, Imagine the scenario where you're, you're going to a reduction open pit in the first five, 10 years of your mine or your pit mine life, you're mining at no shallower than 50 metres flat line deposit. It's, 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 it's fantastic. So just, just so to answer the question, so I'm really, really clear. You're going about this for long-term success because you're walking into this you know, EV thematic which is going on. You've got mm. copper, you've got a bit of gold. Do you have enough money to do what oh, you need to do? Oh, look, we've, we've been, since the start, we've been a lot of information to the market, big news releases, going to cost a fortune. But we need to, because there's no historical data, we have to give a, a quite extensive press releases so that our shareholders and potential shareholders got enough information to make an investment decision. But what that's replicated from our existing shareholders is that they've actually come and said, look, we like what you're doing. Um, we're converting our warrants. Uh, our brokers have been amazingly supportive. They've converted their broker units. And since the start of the year, cumulatively, now we've had over, um, about 2.4 million Canadian that's come into the company in additional funds. So we're in a very strong position. Uh, we, we, we manage our equities. We manage our cash flow quite, quite carefully because it's not our money, it's our shareholders. And we are in a very strong, so we sort of maybe Gosh, nearly 30, 40% of the way through the program now, and we're in a stronger cash position than when we started it. So that's really positive. So, so how does this thing move forward, though? Okay, 2.4 is, okay, it's, it's great, non-dilutory uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that you don't have to go and raise any more capital. In the near term, you put out some nice high-grade numbers. Is it just more of the same, or how are you playing this? Uh, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. That really comes down to the geography of the deposit because we're sort of dealing with, even though we're putting out these quite specky numbers, in the VMS system, we're actually dealing with the low-grade part of the system. And we, what we want to target is uh, coming, because we've also acquired some new equipment, is a, an area called Cabasal West, which we think is the traditional massive sulphide pile, and that's just to the north of this deposit. And they are typically the areas where you drill up you know, strike a 30, 40, 50 metres of, of uh, massive sulphides. And that's your really high grade. That's your, you know, your 3 4% direct copper plus gold and silver. So we've got that um, open pit scenario development, but we've also got the high grade down plunge extensions, which is your typical structure for a VMS. So we're going to go through that process. But again, we're not just going to sort of glory hole, direct us hole into the, into the project. What we'll do is we'll go through do base um, surface electromagnetic surveys, then we'll do downhole surveys, then we'll vector in onto massive sulfides. We, we've actually, to, do, to, to de-risk that, we actually uh, saw that our contractor's equipment was of a uh, vintage that wasn't good. 
created risk, we actually bought our equipment from Australia and now it's actually en route to site. So now we're developing that near-term large open pit scenario, but the future for us, say, you know, June through to December, it really is just delivering those, um, the down plans, targeting the massive sulphide pile. But we, because we haven't, I keep saying the word high grade and so, and so do you, but some of the numbers that are coming back are, I mean, exceptional over good intervals, good widths mm-hmm. here. So the, the, the question to you is, how do you use that to your advantage? Because we, we've seen a similar companies, you know, in, in, in Asia um, and in North America, you know, use that and bring in strategic partners or go and um, raise a little bit more uh, capital, you know, get it while you can. Um, mm. what, that, that's what I mean by how, how do you play this? Because you haven't really oh. got a lot of cash. So where do you take it with the well, cash that you've got? Well, that's really, it's actually, this is a natural generation for successful small cap juniors because you really start off with a strong retail base and then you sort of migrate into some of the um, family offices and then into the, into the uh, institutional investors. And since the start of the year, we've been really, really focused, working with a couple of groups in Canada and, and in London in England to um, get exposure to the to the institutional investors. And quite what the most interesting part of that is, you know, my background is in private equity. So when we're talking to these institutions, it's not sort of like the mining company um, promoting, it's almost a fund to fund investment discussion because we're talking about risk and, and equity growth. So then what we have to then do is keep delivering the results. And when we go to test the markets, make sure we, we bring in those institutional investors into the capital table because the, the capital, certainly the hypothetical capex on the program is X for a VMS deposit. And that's well within the, the capacity of the equity component for financing it. If you've got a strong institutional base to support you. So we're really looking at transforming that, bringing on more institutional investors into the balance sheet. We've had them, we know we've had seen them buy a market. We've actually uh, done a couple of crosses with some institutional investors. We are building up that base, and it's 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 risk. It really comes down to risk. How, how you, what institutional investors typically like to take um, a higher entry price because they've got more risk, sort of le- lesser risk in their investment. But what we're presenting to them is the opportunity to have that discovery equity multiple. But entry-level risk which they associate with a producing asset. It's a really interesting dynamic that we present. Yeah, and, and I guess that's why I wanted to talk. I mean, it's, it's only been like six, seven weeks or so, but I just, I just wondered, does the thinking change when you get grades like this? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking at, you know, 15.9 metres at 4% copper equivalent, you know, 58 metres at 1.2 copper equivalent, 17 metres at 3.2. Yeah, it, and it keeps going and it keeps going, right? And, and, and it, most... Most people would be very pleased with those those sorts of numbers. But what changes in the psyche? What changes in terms of the conversations that you are having with these institutions? Mm-hmm. You know, does it speed conversations up? Obviously, money potentially gets a little bit cheaper, and it also becomes available. So, and, and you've only you know we talk, we, we first started talking just before mm-hmm. Christmas, right? So it's a short time frame, but you've got to the good stuff real quick. And if you're telling me you're not taking shortcuts then I'm intrigued as to what the feedback you're getting from the, the, you know, the capital markets is and how we move. So there's a kind of pace and an aggressive um, intent 
I kind of want to see what's happening next. So should, should I be looking at you guys now because you will continue at this pace or, you know, are there just a few more hurdles you've got to get through before we can expect to see? Uh, no. we're, so we can continue at this pace because I'm not looking for new mineralization. I know where I'm drilling. I know where the mineralization is. So I'm just going to keep putting out similar numbers. Uh, you know, we put out one the other day, 60 meters at 1.2% copper equipment. And uh, off, in the past, I looked at those numbers and said, you know, that's just nonsense. You know, let's wait and see what the metallurgy is. So we actually put out the last 12 months of metallurgy of, of actual, not lab tests or what the last five title holders have done on the project. We put out 12 months of production data from the, from the mill at Cabasal. And we know we're going to get plus 94% copper recovery. We know we're going to get 90, probably in excess of 93% on the gold recovery. So when you look at those numbers, people are going, okay, they've got $95 or $100 rock. They're going to recover $90 rock. Their, their OPEX is going to be, you know, 28, 30 bucks a tonne. And then it starts to click, going, holy jingo, this is actually, this is just going to get better. Because my concerns, well, the company's not sort of addressing my concerns. All they're doing is taking, here's the, here's the, the data, the production data from when it was operating. Here's the drilling. We've only done 20% of our program on cover sale, 30% of our program. It's just going to keep going. Like we, we, some of our best, interestingly enough, some of our best um, EN conductors are a measure of sulfides, of copper mineralization, I guess we could say in this instance. And some of our strongest conductors aren't in that deep stuff, that high grade at 15 meters, 4%, 5% copper equivalent. Some of our most dynamic conductors we're finding at 50 meters or 35 meters or 40 meters. So you can understand that's where we're seeing some great concentration. And now that shallow material that we're finding, that was the big surprise to me. If we actually saw that there's a, a thousand meter extension to the southeast now in the project, and that was just fantastic. And that was reinterpreting old data, the geophysics, and there's a conductor, there's our drill hole, there's our EM conductor, all at 40 metres. And we're seeing a tail of them going back to the to the southeast, and then we're seeing it going to the north, the northwest. So we're it's just I, you know, companies are old. We had a couple of holes, weren't really great. Uh, bugger, the next 10, we didn't hit anything. Well, we've reported up to nine. I think we're drilling coring 30 now or 31. Um, and um, we're, we're expecting what we've said to the market. We're targeting mineralization. We're twinning, or twinning or infilling or adjacent to existing. Um, holes that had mineralization, copper gold mineralization, we're just going to keep publishing. The upside for us is, is to test the stuff that's not been drilled. And that's what we think is the massive sulfide pile target of Cabasal West. Well, that, that's, where get, that's where it's getting to, okay? Because it's been, yeah. you've, you've had a roadmap, you've got all these histo historic data, mm. which you can look at and go, right, I'm going to twin that hole. I know I'm pretty likely to find some nice numbers in there, which is good. But it's what do you do with the, you know, because you, you talk about a 14 kilometer mine corridor, you talk mm. about a 10,000 meter drill program underway, and you know, where you don't have so much data. And that's going to be quite telling in terms of the, the scale of 
this opportunity? You know, how do you get that size? How do we, you know, start talking about, you know, the, the growth potential of this thing? And you're going to need to talk about how you fund those things when perhaps yeah. you're not going to hit great, high-grade numbers every single time. Yeah, we, we um, like sort of instance of, um, again, say our next target, Capital West, um, we got the, 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 the soils data. We've published this in the press release a couple of weeks ago. And it, the profile of that soils data was actually done on a, a gold grid going northwest. And what was interesting is the gold grid went northwest, but on the, the, the southwestern side, they stopped because there was no gold. But when you look at the map, you just see the copper going towards the southwest. And it's following the conductive trend down plunged or uh, long strike or towards these um, base, what we call, we call them bedrock lake channel conductors. And that's just, you, you, this is what you dream about. Now, you're saying, you know, how are we going to grow this? Well, if it, you know, we, we don't have, uh, like I say, in the Flynn form, they did, they did their 100 years of mining and 60 years of geophysics. Um, we have a, a belt scale, a camp scale BMS asset, and this is going to be a production asset, I feel. Maybe similar to the other ones, which are sort of multi-decade assets. We're doing everything now to make sure we go down that path, to deliver that equity growth at a mid-tier future, what we want to become as a future mid-tier valuation. So really, we have the asset, we've got the management team, we've got the in-country expertise, and then we've got 70,000 metres of drilling to copy it. So it's really interesting in that aspect. We don't have to worry about where our limits our targets are advanced. These are tertiary, tertiary stage targets. It's not sort of, uh, what are we going to do? It's no, but that has been predefined. And that investment that we're now capitalising on, it, it's yet to be fully transferred in any, 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 not even a small percentage at the moment. Okay, so how many transferred. more? It's more drilling, more information to the market. So how many more metres are you going to be putting out to the market? I get that it's shallow, but how many more metres are you going to be? Showing up. Oh, well, we, we, we're going to put 8,000 metres just in around, around Cabasau. Okay, and then we've got 2,000 metres to test the regional targets. Um, we, we, we told the market, or we scheduled, our schedule was to get our first resource statement out by the end of this year. And my gut feeling and, and that of Adrian is that no matter how hard we try and how much drill rigs we throw it, because we at the same time we, we worked on some stringent health and safety uh, criteria, there's no way that we believe this mineralised envelope will be closed off by the end of the year. And we're not going to close off a drill program to publish a, 40, a reasonable statement. That'd just be nonsense. You know, we, we are going to build a, a standalone asset that can take a country into like potentially a multi-decade production scenario without even touching the camp scale upside of this project. So the plan is keep drilling while it keeps giving. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Don't, don't, yeah. Makes sense. Our investors are uh, a unique opportunity, especially the guys who've been there for a while and the recent investors that come into the market because they're really coming into an asset that don't exist. Uh, I've searched the, the international commodity markets. I can't give you an analogy of what Meridian has got because all the analogies are mined out. They're depleted. They're exhausted. We have a VMS. We don't have the, the problem of massive capex associated with trying to develop a giant portrait from a junior company because that's just complete nonsense and they, they always fail. 
what we've got is a, an asset, which is the basis of what the mid tiers in the world were. Um, you know, Kaminko or uh, Tech Kaminko, Falcon Bridge, uh, Hub Bay, they all started off with standalone assets that went for a couple of decades, like Autocumpy did. I mean, Autocumpy were a fantastic company. So, just, so you know, it's just such a disappointment it's gone. But we've got our own Autocumpy deposit and we've got a, a future with the management team and the board that just knows, okay, this is what you're going to need, this is what you're going to have to deliver, and this is the finance you're going to have to raise. And these are the schedules you're going to have to maintain to keep your equity growth. It, 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 it's a really dynamic, um, very dynamic board. Uh, and we just see, okay, we have to deliver this. Oh, here you go. And then we're going to have to deliver this. Here you go. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a dynamic process but I don't have that risk profile. For our investors, you can make a decision to invest in Meridian. Okay, where am I risking my money? Um, well, we've got 3.7 kilometers just in one deposit and that one's got over 400 drill holes and um, thousands of kilometers of geophysics and assays and metallurgical production data. You don't see a risk associated. And that's what I'm trying to get to the guys when you, on the, well, how we take responsibility managing our risks. Gilbert, it's a great update. I want to, see, I want to see you back soon with similar numbers. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be back. Um, because I'd like to say, if this is drill, 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 that works for me. Um, so stay in touch, let us know how you get on, okay? Thanks, man. Appreciate having me on today. Ciao. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.